Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food and not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I, I got to be honest with you guys. The last six days, I, I said, you know, you know, people got mad at me because they think there's jinxes. And I said the Eagles are going to win these two games. And they won the two games. And now they want to say this and that and everything's great. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest. They're going to hate me again because I have not learned a damn thing about this team over these two games. That's how bad the competition was. That's how bad the quarterback play was. Welcome back live post game show. Part of the show, obviously, is brought to you by Stateside Vodka. To make sure you guys try a Stateside Vodka Soda to your upcoming New Year's Eve celebration, see the scroll below. Use promo code JACOB for 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka Soda. Go to statesidevodka.com. That's statesidevodka.com. And make sure you guys enjoy your New Year's Eve. Now, uh, the Eagles are hopefully going to be taking care of business uh, a week from today when they face the Washington football team. In case you don't know, yes, the Vikings lost today. The Eagles now 8-7 on the season. They control somehow magically their own destiny. And if you were watching that first half football against the Giants today, you know, who didn't really think that was going to be a possibility. Sure enough, they come out with the 34 to 10 victory over the Giants and the Eagles right now, seventh in the playoff seating right now. Say they are in the playoffs if, very famous phrase, the season ended today. So that's a great thing for the Eagles. We're waiting to hear from John McMullen. Uh, I want to focus on this for a second here. We have John. We're good to go. Apparently, we have John. We're right there. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, John McMullen, live from the link, presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. Johnny Mack, what's going on, brother? Uh, not much. Yeah, playoff football team. If the season ended today. If we got two season, yeah. more weeks to go. Uh, <laughs> they, you're right, though. They control their own destiny. And, you know, I'm not surprised. I said they're going to win both these games. And you take it. Garrett Gilbert and Jake Fromm say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, take your gifts. And now it gets at least a little bit more serious with the Washington football team and Taylor Heineke, who sadly is a massive upgrade (laughs) over the last two quarterbacks you just saw. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Real quick, John, just injury wise, do we have any news on Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders? Where are we at there? No, I mean, you know, it Jordan is stinger, so that's a bit of a concern. If you think about the first time he was here, uh, he had actually won the starting running back job. I think people forget that. Uh, Miles Sanders was sort of his compliment, and he was playing really well against his old team, Chicago. He had a great game at Buffalo, um, and he had that stinger, and he, and he never played again that season. Um, and obviously he, he went on to Miami. We know what happened since then. So that's something to keep an eye about. Miles Sanders is now, so now he's dealing with an ankle injury, a quad injury, and a hand injury. Uh, Nate Herbig has a knee injury. 
and we all know the attrition they've had on the offensive line, but they keep rolling guys out there. Uh, Suo Pettit was on Tuesday. They had landed Dickerson back, so at least you have some depth there. Uh, Steve Nelson got hurt, but he was able to get back in the game. Um, so the Eagles were pretty healthy, uh, comparatively speaking, to most teams in Week 16. Now they got a little bit dinged up and obviously have to worry about COVID every day now uh, and guys popping up on the list. But um, certainly something to keep an eye on as the week goes on in the backfield because you would certainly want at least one of the two between Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. Hey, hey, John, what did Nick have to say about his team almost self-destructing in the first half? Yeah, I mean, obviously they weren't happy offensively, but the defense uh, was so down. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I I, I didn't think there was any way they were going to lose this football game. No. I, I don't think I've ever seen worse quarterback play than Jake Fromm. I hate to pick on him. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like it. It was a complete incompetency. And I, to the point you're looking at Joe Judge and, you know, Mike Lennon is 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 terrible, but he's he's Phil Sims compared to uh, Jake Fromm. Um, they were never going to move the football. It was astonishing they had a three nothing lead. Then obviously the Eagles ultimately ended up scoring thirty four points. But I've seen enough of Jalen Hurts to know, even when he's playing poorly, he's going to make a play or two, mm-hmm. and it might be with his legs. It might be with his arm and, and scrambling around, extending plays. And all of a sudden, they got the turnover, Rodney Cloud, then the floodgates open. Um, I think, you know, the one thing, and nobody's talking about it, and I, I didn't get it in with Nick, and I'll try to get it in tomorrow when we talk to him. It was pretty evident to me the Giants thought Jalen Hurts was not going to run the football uh, in the first half. And they were just completely selling out with the mentality that he's banged up, he's not going to run. And it turned out to be the case. He didn't run. Uh, and, and they did a very good job from that standpoint. And, and you do have to give Patrick Graham some credit, but it wears on you when your offense is that incompetent. And that's what happened to the Giants. The minute – the interception happened, the short field, and the Eagles were able to score. The game was over. It was over at 10-3. They were incapable of doing anything offensively. Has any, there's been some speculation about Jalen Hurts' ankle and perhaps that stopping him from, from using his legs as much as he usually does in this game. Have you heard anything uh, or any updates mm-hmm. on that from Jalen or Coach Sirianni? Yeah, the, 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 it was clear the Eagles didn't want him running. So, you know, yeah. one of the positive things, I thought he looked pretty healthy uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. And he did end up, I think, running eight times in that game, but clearly wasn't himself uh, from the mobility standpoint. Um, in this game, they scaled it back even further. He wasn't even thinking about running. Uh, they weren't doing any really RPO-like stuff, and, and that turns the backside which we talked about the Eagles rushing game and the plus one and how everybody has to account for Jalen Hurts. Well, that's why the Giants didn't have to account for Jalen Hurts. And they surmised that pretty early and they did a good job. So, 
you have to do give credit um, to the opposition occasionally. And I, and I do think the Giants came in with a good plan with the, with the sentiment that he wasn't going to run the football. He didn't run the football. And it took the Eagles a, a little bit of time to adjust to that. Uh, but if he's not going to be healthy and you get the better teams uh, who can do some things on the offensive side, it, it certainly could turn into an issue. Uh, when you look at uh, the offensive line play as a whole in this game, I mean, I know Nate Herbig had the knee issue, and we're you know you're waiting to see how all that plays out. How good is this offensive line play, especially with the fact that they had a touchdown today, John? Yeah, how about Lane? Lane getting the touchdown, and uh, obviously, you know, that's. I, I think sometimes I think, and certainly if you guys saw Nick Sirianni's press conference on Friday. That was his third day in quarantine, and I think he was getting bored because he gave like a 10-minute dissertation on game management, uh, and I think he was just thrilled to talk to us. John, did you but, notice Did you notice that he was in bed? There's no yeah, way he yeah, wasn't he was in, in bed, bed, right? He was on his phone. Um, <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't in bed. I think he was getting bored to tears, so I think he was coming up with some of these things. <laughs> And just drawing them up in his hotel room. Right. And he got laid. But in all serious, they they said they've been repping that play for a while. And they put it in because they saw something with the Giants. But, you know, Lane's a great athlete. For anybody who doesn't know, he used to play quarterback uh, way back in, in junior college. And um, he, he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, and, and Jalen really put some mustard on that, by the way. The average offensive lineman isn't catching that pass. Uh, it, it was it, it had some heat on it. Oh, he zipped it in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it, obviously it, it, it accomplishes two things. Not only um, do you get the points, but you also excite the crowd. You excite the teammates. And everybody loves Lane, so um, you excite the team themselves. So it's just one of those – smart things that Nick Sirianni does to, to get his team on the same page, and it gets them excited as much as the fans. Hey, John, um, when you look at the Eagles now last two games against Washington and, and the Giants, and from a defensive perspective, are you okay with where they are right now from a defensive scheme, uh, the way they schematically go after an offense, or – are there some things that you say under your breath, like, why are we not doing this differently? Well, I, I got to be honest with you guys. The last six days, I, I said, you know, you know, people got mad at me because they think there's jinxes. And I said the Eagles are going to win these two games. And they won the two games. And now they want to say this and that and everything's great. Mm -hmm. I got to be honest. They're going to hate me again because I have not learned a damn thing about this team over these two games. That's how bad the competition was. Hmm. That's how bad the quarterback play was. Well, I'll, uh, Look, I'll play devil's I give, I, give, I give the defense credit. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Right. But I'm not sure what that says moving forward if you're playing Dak Prescott meaningful football in Week 18 or if you're playing – whomever the second seed might be, which is going to be a good quarterback, I'm not sure what tra what it translates. I, I, I don't think we've learned anything about this defense other than they can dominate 
bad quarterbacks, which they should, to be honest. What what have you learned, though, because the past two games we've gotten a slow start, to say the least. I mean, we ended the first half 3-3 three to three with the Giants today. So uh, I feel like there's definitely – it might not be a good thing to learn, but, but why the slow starts in both these games? Is it rust? Is it because they were tired today and it was a quick turnaround? Well, I think the week had something to do with it. I, I mean, not only did you have the short week, but the head coach wasn't there uh, other than Zoom. Uh, plus, you had a holiday week as well, so it, it was baked in. You were going to have a shorter practice schedule to begin with, even if you played on Sunday. So I think all of that played into it. I do think the Giants had a good game plan defensively uh, in the mm -hmm. first half, as I said, when they realized Jalen Hurts wasn't going to run the football. I think you have to give credit to them as well, at least a little bit, and then um, – the Eagles deserve credit uh, for picking things up, and they got in a bit of a rhythm, uh, and uh, they got the short field thanks to Rodney McLeod. They were able to cash in there. Uh, they got some balls. Uh, Devontae got one. Quez got one. Uh, so I think that was positive. Devontae had another great uh, uh, toe-tap catch, uh, which – that was the weirdest review in the history of the NFL. They said it was a touchdown. Then they said it wasn't a touchdown. Then they said it was a touchdown. Nick Sirianni didn't even know what the heck was going on. He doesn't know why they did it the way they did it. But ultimately, it counted. It counted and that's the only thing they care about. Um, so all of that was good. But, yeah, the first half, I mean, I, I, I don't – it's. <laughs> I just called it the worst. I don't know. I've been I've been covering games for over twenty years, so I was trying to figure out. Okay, I was here last year for Luke Falk, and Luke Falk looked like Joe Namath compared to Jake Fromm. I, I have never seen. I remember a Nathan Peterman game, but I didn't uncover it. I didn't watch it. I I, I this kid shouldn't have been on the field. Uh, and it was kind of disgraceful that it was three to three at the end of the first 30 minutes. But at the same time, I never thought for a second they weren't going to win the game because I know the Giants weren't going to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me let me ask this real quick, John. Is the whole I thought this was dead. Gunner and I were trying to figure this out earlier. Survive the ground. Remember that whole thing about when you make the catch, you have to survive the ground? Is is that still a rule? Is that what they were reviewing? What were they reviewing on the Devontae Smith touchdown? Yeah, I I, I wish I could tell you, Mark. I That was my thought process. I thought I saw the ball move at the very end, mm -hmm. and I thought they were going to overturn it. Uh, but, yeah, you're supposed to still have to survive the ground. Okay. Uh, but that's part of the NFL. Part of, part of the issue is – with this league is it's so over-legislated. Um, and they certainly don't explain things as well as they should. This is a perfect example of that. Uh, and now we have this sort of sky judge-like official, and mm -hmm. sometimes you'll be watching a game, and they'll correct something uh, real quick, which is nice <clears throat> when they do it. I like it. Because you don't have to sit through those three, four-minute reviews when it's obvious. Uh, but then they don't do it. It's like if you're going to do it for that, why don't if somebody blows 
a, a false start or, or versus an offside. Why can't they fix it for that and just chime in and right. say, hey, guys, you got it wrong. That was offside, not a false start. This league's bizarre in a lot of ways, but I never, I never complain about officiating because it goes both ways, and sometimes – Sometimes you get screwed and sometimes uh, you get a break. And so that's just baked into it all. John, I have said uh, earlier in this show that uh, from a player's perspective, it's to play the game, especially uh, the way they've restructured the, the calls and the penalties. You don't know what neutral zone infraction is anymore. False start is anymore. Pass interference. Uh, securing the football anymore because just when you think you've figured it out, week to week it changes. Depends on the group of referees that you have. And on top of that, they all go to New York to get a, a, a final ruling and it's still inconsistent. So there's still a lot of flaw, flaws in the way the game is called that frustrates a lot of players because they're told one thing and then you see it completely called differently when the actual games are played. Yeah, I think... Um... When it comes to New York, I think, you know, Dean Blandino was to me, I, I, when he was in charge, I could at least tell you everything was really consistent when they went to New York. You mm -hmm. would know, I could predict every ruling and I was going to be right 95 mm -hmm. to 100% of the time because I just knew the way he was going to do it. He was very consistent. Yep. Now, a lot of fans don't like the legislation. In other words, they don't like the rules, and they criticize the officials. And I always say, you're not criticizing the officials. You're criticizing what they're being told to do. So I think there's two different things. If, if you blow a call, like if you guys were watching uh, Baker Mayfield yesterday, his final interception, yeah. which was our old friend, Russell yeah. Douglas. Yep. Well, Rasul should have been called for holding. Absolutely. Uh, maybe pass interference. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, you know, that cost them a game. And who knows? It's probably cost Cleveland the playoffs. And they might have won. They might have lost. Who knows? And by the way, pa Baker played poorly. So you have that and say, well, you could have you made other throws earlier in the game. But it is always when you lose a game that way, I think it f feels bad for fans, for players. And, yeah, you're right, Gunnar. I think the biggest problem for me is consistency from crew mm -hmm. to crew. And I actually talked to Nick Sirianni about this earlier in the year. The Eagles study crews as they should. So they know each crew, what they do, mm -hmm. if they call holding more than other crews, crews if they call uh, roughing the pass or pass interference. So that's part of their Saturday meetings. They tell the guys, look, this is what this crew does and be aware of it. And the one thing, if you remember early in the season, they were getting called for tons of penalties. And that's really improved as the season has gone on. And I think it's partially because of those meetings they have on, mm. on Saturdays. Mm. Uh, John, last one for me. Uh, what's the what's what's the next trick play? What's the next trick play you want to see for the Eagles? <laughs> Well, we talked to Jordan. Mil I think everybody's been on the Jordan Mailata train because yeah. of his uh, Australian rugby uh, video that everybody sees on YouTube. And uh, you guys have probably seen it, just him just trucking people, running past them. So everybody wants to see Jordan Mailata at fullback. I think they've wanted to see that 
for years and years and years. Well, he's only been here four years, but you get my point. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, with Nick, I think eventually you might see it. I'm not going to guarantee it, but uh, he, he's open-minded with that kind of stuff. And uh, early in the season when he tried that, that Philly special light play that just looked awful, I thought he was trying to pander a little bit to the fan base. Uh but now that he's having some success, you get more rope and you can pull that kind of stuff out. Yeah, I feel like the, the pandering has definitely been been tampered down quite a bit. I haven't seen as many graphic tees. I actually totally forgot about that <laughs> failed Philly special play. Um, I do want to switch gears for a second and talk about Dallas Goddard because there's been a lot of, uh, I don't want to say Dallas Goddard hate, but he hasn't been as productive. Uh, there have been a few drop passes. Has that been addressed or do you have a take on that, John? Um, well, he had to drop again to start today. I mean, I, I think Dallas overall has been playing very well. I mean, mm. very well. Um, but, yeah, you'd like to see a little bit more consistency. And generally, when you have those easy drops, obviously it's it's concentration and focus and things like that. Um, but certainly, uh, I think Dallas is aware of it. But, man, he's been playing. He had a career high in receiving against the Jets. He broke that against the Washington football team. And, obviously, he wasn't quite as involved today and it started with that drop so i i don't worry too much about dallas goddard he's one of the most talented players on this team and mm -hmm. um you know i look around the league and i see some of the great young receivers jamar chase and cd lamb and they drop the football probably too much as well but they make so many big plays uh, it makes up for it. And I think ultimately that's that's Dallas Goddard a little bit as well. But well, you, you'd like to see it certainly cleaned up. No question about that. Certainly. Uh, John McMullen, thank you so much for joining us. As per usual for Lincoln Financial Field, you are presented by Mesa Law & Associates. If you need a tough injury lawyer, call Mesa & Associates. John McMullen, thanks so much, brother. Hey, thank you. Thank you, John McMullen, joining us live from Lincoln Financial Field. We'll be right back to break down a little bit more of what John had to say about and also what you make of this team. I don't think John's that far off in terms of you're playing bad you're playing bad teams, so what do you make of the team that's actually winning against those bad teams? We'll break that down when we return here on the live postgame show.